Blog Talk Radio. We live! We live! Live from Chicago and Las Vegas. You're tuned in to the show that's always on top of what's trending. It's page one. It's page one. With LaVar and Mary. With LaVar and Mary. Blog Talk Radio Nation. It's Friday night. You are tuned into page one with LaVar and Mary. It's Friday night, January 13th. It's Friday the 13th. Or did you not know that? <laughs> <laughs> so happy that you could be with us tonight. I am joined as always by my wonderful friend Mary. How are you? I am excellent. I can't complain. I love Friday the 13th. That's just me. I have never any of the movies in full. But then again, you probably weren't surprised by that. I, I'm not. I'm <laughs> surprised. <laughs> not even a little bit. Probably not a surprise by that. But no. Um, I've never seen them. I wouldn't. I, I mean, I'm well aware of the character and what happened and all that other good stuff. But, um, no, uh, never really watched it. So I don't know. It's like scary movies because I, I think the only one I ever went and saw was scream. Um, because I went with somebody who didn't want to go alone. Um, scary movies, I don't know. I guess I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say I'm not phased, but I guess I'm not, uh, it is what it is. It's not one of my, like, genres that I have to, like, must go and watch, but Mm -hmm. it is what it is. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, yes. You were about to say something about scary movies? (laughs) No, not even a little bit. No, I, I like the Friday. I, I am a scary movie person. I have no problem with scary movies. I like scary movies. There's something good and fun and just ridiculous about scary movies. So I, that's something that I do like and tend to um, gravitate towards. Hmm. I'm also gotcha. I'm also a 13th, like being born on the 13th. When it becomes Friday the Thirteenth, that that's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. And actually, as I hear, the number thirteen is lucky for you Swifties out there because I know that is Taylor Swift's favorite number. So, yeah, so it's 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 Swifty Day, I guess. And uh, <laughs> it's Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. And by the way, uh, Friday the Thirteenth still in my mind. Worst video game of all time. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> it's a pretty bad one. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna lie. That was. A, that was a pretty bad one. It's. It's brutal. Um, 
So, yes. But we got a lot tonight. Um, this is kind of one of those shows. This is a holiday weekend. Um, uh, the holiday, of course, in celebration of the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So tonight uh, we've got quite a few things. So we'll start here with our lovely little few moments of chatting, and then we'll go into tonight's Almanac. Then um, the first story is kind of uh, two things in the world of sports which have implications for those that coach it. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. And then uh, in place of, or right before tonight's Retro Moments of the Week, a uh, special Retro Moment, uh, the speech that Dr. King gave, it was kind of uh, cut from the original speech, and not the I Have a Dream speech, which I think that all of you probably around, not only this time of year, but at all different points of the year should take a listen to. But uh, a different speech that he kind of gave on Foundations for Life, which is actually a good one. The only way that I was able to find it, unfortunately, online uh, was with music in the background, but it still serves its purpose. I'll play that in our retro uh, spotlight moment right before the retro moment of the week. And then um, in segment two after that, uh, a couple of stories about how robots are taking over. (laughs) It's not the first time we've discussed this. But they're taking over in a lot of different ways. Uh, also tonight, um, I we didn't really wrap. I mean, we wrapped up 2022, but 2023 kind of bought about uh, some interesting list for the new year. And I know that my wonderful friend here is a uh, wordsmith who does not like certain parts of the language or certain words overused or misused or even spoken at all. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a list out of the 2023 banished words list. I'll tell you what's on that list. And then uh, if we have a little bit of time, we'll do yay and nay. And if we have more time after that, uh, there are a couple of things for the smoking gun files that I have for you. So <laughs> full show tonight. Uh, we try to bring it all. Um, by the way, uh, hopefully those of you in states in which you can play it. Uh, I've had a chance to play the Mega Millions. I do believe in the next hour the numbers for that will be drawn. Second highest ever of all time, $1.35 billion. Um, And sadly enough, even with that, you can still not afford to buy a sports franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when Awful. sports franchises were about like fifty to I mean it was like a hundred, two hundred million dollars? Something like that, yeah. You could actually, you know, afford to have one. Yeah. Not now. <laughs> it's a billionaire's game. Not now, not ever. <laughs> here's, here's the most irony of that though. This is this is the bad part. Most of the billionaires, and I, I mean this in a I mean this in a loving way. But most of the billionaires that you know were kind of geeky, and you know they never played sports in school. Never had anything to do with any type of sporting equipment in your life. And these are the people that are now owning sports franchises. (laughs) That's the reason why they own sports franchises, and you know it. The only other way that they get in touch with the sports franchise is to buy one. 
I ain't mad. Like, hey, that's what you want to do. I'd buy one too, but it's it's a fancy little centerpiece. But you know, in school somewhere, you know, there's somebody that's getting a wedgie or getting stuffed the locker, and like, you know, it's by the jocks who's like, I'm gonna own you one day. You'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it's happening. Um, the most interesting thing that I heard this week or read uh, actually has come within the last couple of days. Um, it was announced that the tech giant Microsoft is going to be providing workers an unlimited time off policy, which means employees don't have to wait to accrue uh, leaves anymore. The policy, though, only applies to employees in the United States. Uh, According to The Verge, a memo sent out to Microsoft employees said that the company has decided to modernize its vacation policy and make it, quote, more flexible. Uh, So in an internal memo, uh, it said that uh, they're going to provide all salaried U.S. employees with an unlimited amount of vacation time known as discretionary time off. The revised policy will come into effect on Monday, the 16th of January, That means employees don't need to wait to accrue leaves. The memo suggests that in addition to this new unlimited time off policy, Microsoft employees will also have no corporate holidays, leave of absence, sick and mental, uh, uh, they'll have, I'm sorry, 10 corporate holidays, leave of absence, sick and mental health time off, time away for jury service or mourning. Employees with unused vacation balances will receive a one-time payout in April. According to a company spokesperson, the new policy would apply only to full-time workers living in the U.S. And as per Bloomberg, neither employees outside of the U.S. nor hourly workers at the uh, firm will be given a limited vacation time. Uh, they said that it is challenging to provide hourly employees with a limited vacation due to federal and state wage and hour requirements. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, they're still kind of working on their international workers. But uh, a study published in July with Glassdoor, uh, the employees' uh, rating citing uh, limitless policies were up 75% from pre-pandemic levels. Uh, the reviews for uh, them were also overwhelmingly positive. Uh, a lot of people say that taking adequate time off to rest is essential to employees' health and long-term productivity. So uh, there was an interesting first post article about why unlimited vacation policy could be problematic (laughs) and uh, what other companies have an unlimited time off policy. Businesses with a similar approach includes Netflix, Salesforce, uh, LinkedIn, which is also Microsoft owned, uh, bought for $26.6 billion in 2016, Oracle, and Goldman Sachs Group. So uh, this is quite interesting. Uh, I would think in that particular field of what they have to do and what they do, that something like that is needed. Man, but if you put that in other jobs. (laughs) Yeah, there are some jobs that will not do that well. That will not translate well. Yes. But Hmm. can somebody convince my my employer to do that? (laughs) Right. That's a pretty sweet deal, man. I, I, You know what, though? Here's the weird thing. I'm one of those workers that if you trusted me with that, I would work my tail off and just take off what I needed. 
you know? I, I think mm-hmm. it actually could be a boon for them, though, to do that. What do you mean? Uh, huh? Do you think that that that's going to help them get recruit people? Uh, recruit people and keep people. Because I think if you're at a place that understands that you need to rest yourself and not overwork, that's one form of appreciation. Because a lot of places unfortunately, uh, you might have time off or you might accrue, you know, some time off, but you feel at the end of the day that you can't take it because your job may look differently upon you. There's people with only a week's worth of vacation who have it and probably never take it for fear that if they take it, you know, that their job will probably be taken away from them. You know, but if your mm-hmm. employer says, hey, you know what, I'm going to give you unlimited time off to rest and not overwork yourself and not, you know, burn out and crash and burn. You know, a lot of people, it's just even giving that and that knowing that that's in their back pocket for a lot of, you know, the true working class Joes will probably be like, hey, I appreciate that because if I need it, it's there. But in the meantime, I'm coming to work. I'm going to do all I can because you now have allowed me to rest easy knowing that if I get burned out or something happens, time off, and we'll be all right. I, I, no, I, you know what? I do agree with you. The issue comes to will people abuse that? Some will, unfortunately. That's what I was going to say. There's a caveat to that. Some will. Um Unfortunately, I'm not even going to get into that whole conversation of younger workers that might abuse it (laughs) because there's older workers, too, that do it. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do believe that for a lot of people who have, quote, put their time in and have been there and understand, you know, um, how lucky they are to have something like that, I think that they would appreciate that and be motivated to, you know, not what we call quiet quit or halfway do the job. <laughs> I think that mm-hmm. they would, um, I think they would be motivated to actually work harder for the company, knowing that the company is going to back them if they need that time off. You know? I, I, I guess I, I need to know the rules on it. I know that sounds weird, but like, I just feel like if you say you have, um, yeah, no, you have unlimited time off. That's great. Wonderful. I've got unlimited time off. Does that mean I have to have it pre-approved unlimited time off? Can I just call out? You know, there's a lot of little things that, I don't know. I just, I don't trust people. Wow, you have become the. Um, I, I yeah, yeah. Get out you've, that long. you've become the suspicious, like. Uh, and you know, no, it comes it comes in hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. With people being dumb, like it's experience over. This is experience speaking over. What is it? The the look like the when you're trying to be positive. 
my optimism. That's what this is. <laughs> we have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. Yeah. <laughs> He's <Yes>. much <laughs> uh, too good to be true. I hope it works out great. I, I hope it works out great. I as much as I'm sitting here being like, you know, people abuse it, people are this way, people are that way. I hope it works out great because it would be great. Having there there are mornings and I, I am I am guilty of this a hundred percent I was guilty of this yesterday. I woke up, I got ready to go, I'm like on my way out the door and I'm looking at the door going, God, I could just take a mental health day today. Yeah. I just don't feel it. There's something not happening in my in my brain that's that's appropriate. And I did it yesterday. So having that availability, absolutely, I think that would be awesome. Just don't people. <laughs> 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 you just wait for the other shoe to drop. I tell you. <laughs> I know, right? I'm such a pessimist. <laughs> uh, well, we'll see how that works with them. Uh, you know, I, I, if anything, you know, it may. Uh, it, it, I don't know. It may turn out to be something other jobs may look at, or they'll see how it works with Microsoft, and they may be wanting to um, implement that themselves. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Mm-hmm. all depends on the workforce that you have and the people that you trust to do it. <laughs> um, Correct. Yeah, there are some places that that would not work at all. There will be nobody there if that happens. Um, <laughs> taking a look. At the Almanac for today, today, of course, January 13th, uh, as we kind of stated last week, uh, today is Korean American Day, International Sticker Day. It is Stephen Foster Memorial Day, National Peach Melba Day, National Rubber Ducky Day, and National Blame Someone Else Day. Um, (laughs) It is, yeah, I don't know if you want to do that today. That's up to you. Tomorrow is World Logic Day. It is Ratification Day. It is National Dress Up Your Pet Day. Lord knows I know a lot of you that used to do that. Uh, It is also National Hot Pastrami Sandwich Day. And tomorrow, the second Saturday in January, is National Vision Board Day. You have a vision board? I don't, but I wanted to start one. I just don't know, one, where to start, and then two, if I'd actually look at it and go, I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, well, no, you know, I don't know. I've I've never done one, but I heard for a lot of people it kind of is like that directional, that kind of helps them get to where they need to go. And for a lot of people it works. Um so if you've never done one before, do your studies on it. Uh, maybe Pinterest may help you. Um, but, yeah, that's tomorrow. And then on Sunday, it is National Boosh Day, uh, kombucha meaning that, uh, National Strawberry Ice Cream Day, it's National Hat Day, and it is also National Bagel Day. 
Um, I will tell you. Two things I really do enjoy. Hats and bagels. Yeah. Not at the same time, of course. Wait, not, not strawberry ice cream? I mean, uh, strawberry ice cream is all right. That's blasphemy. Bad experience with strawberry ice cream when I was eating a Neapolitan at one point. Actually, it was funny that you just did that because I was thinking tonight that I was going to do uh, uh, on the show uh, ASMR uh, moment of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we might start doing that. Um, that, that. That actually will incorporate the first one. Uh, but no, uh, Bagel Day. Actually, this is a weird thing now. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a place that has bagels, I like doing what I call a half and half where if I'm in an office setting or somewhere else, you know, there's bagels and there's a couple of different types of uh, spreads. Uh, I will cut my bagel in half, and on one I'll do whatever is the first one there, and then the second one I'll put another one. Uh, I don't eat it at the same time, but I like doing it differently. But I love garden vegetable. Oh, my God. Have you tried the honey almond from Einstein Brothers? I have not. Oh, no, that's awful. I can't believe you don't have a nope, nope, that's it. I'm putting it on my list. When you come out, that's on the list of things that must happen. It is so good. It is so good because it's just, it's not too sweet. It's sweet. I mean, it's got honey in it, obviously. So there is a sweetness to it, but it's not like overly sweet. Okay. Oh, it's so, and it's got like a very, it's like roasted almond, so it's got that nutty flavor. It's so good. I love it so much. Hmm. That's one of my faves. That's one of my faves. Yeah. I may have to try that. Um, But that's on Sunday, National Bagel Day. So if you're out, instead of getting a donut on Sunday, go get a bagel. Uh, Monday, as we said, it is the holiday honoring Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., uh, it is also National Religious Freedom Day. It's National Fig Newton Day. Uh, I used to love Fig Newtons as a kid. Uh, it was Me too. Uh, National Without a Scalpel Day. Uh, International Hot and Spicy Food Day. And it is also National Nothing Day. Okay. You glad to have nothing. You, you sound like... Uh, you want to know why, but the observance. Yeah, I uh, kind of do. Uh, well, it says here that the observance was created as a day to provide Americans with one national day when they could just sit without celebrating, observing, or honoring anything. Um, and actually, the, oh, the weird thing is, is that uh, it said here that Dr. King's day falls on the third Monday of January, which means that one in seven. January 16th will fall on the same day as Nothing Day, effectively usurping the nature of Nothing Day. Uh, They would rather that you celebrate King holidays that are January the 16th. Uh, They ask that you observe just nothing on that day. So uh, it's one of the rare moments that it actually falls on the same day. So uh, it is there but we're not going to celebrate National Nothing Day because there is a major holiday to celebrate on Monday. Um, the 17th brings okay. us inter- yeah. 
It brings us uh, on Tuesday, International Mentoring Day, uh, National Classy Day, National Bootleggers Day, and National Hot Buttered Rum Day. Uh, all, so I guess you can stay classy while bootlegging some hot buttered rum and mentor somebody on the essence of drinking it. You'll cover all four. <laughs> and then on Wednesday... Stay classy, it, San Diego. Go. Yes. Wednesday, it is National Winnie the Pooh Day. Um, it is also National Peking Duck Day. Uh, it is also National Thesaurus Day. And January 18th is National Michigan Day. What? On that day. Yes. Uh, Thursday night. Would have been a better game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, January 19th is, I think Michigan, the team, has a lot bigger problems right now. Um, they really do, so anyway. <laughs> yeah, all over a burger. Um, January 19th is World Quark Day. It is also Get mm-hmm. to Know Your Customers Day. And it is National Popcorn Day on Thursday. And then on Friday, love me uh, popcorn. Yes, Friday to give you a heads up ahead of time. It is National Butter Crunch Day. It is National Disc Jockey Day. It's National Cheese Lovers Day. And January twentieth uh, is National or International Day of Acceptance. Um. So yeah, it is. Uh, on that day, the International Day of Acceptance, it encourages everyone to embrace those of all abilities. The day also supports those with disabilities to realize that they are not living disabled. Instead, they are living. Did you know that 15% of the world's population has some form of a disability? Up to 190 million people around the globe have a significant disability, and in many places they are often ostracized, live in poverty, and cannot get an education. In many ed- instances, people with disabilities are seen for what they can't do instead of what they can. Thankfully, in some countries, this is changing. Society is recognizing the need to include those with all abilities. Society is also recognizing that those with disabilities have rights. Their voice matters. They have the power to make a difference in the world. And if you want to look to even more people uh, in which they have gained acceptance and become a powerful voice, you can look to people such as musician Andrea Bocelli, of course, who is visually impaired, actress Marley Matlin, who is deaf, uh, actor Daniel Ratcliffe, he has uh, dyspraxia. Uh, comedian Josh Blue, who has cerebral palsy. Uh, many other world changes. They don't let their disability stop them. And that includes Helen Keller, Ludwig von Beethoven, Stephen Hawking, Thomas Edison, uh, and many others. So on that day, it is day of acceptance. Uh, so that's just a heads up as to the week in advance. So that I kept hearing, like every time you paused, I kept thinking you were going to say it was Hot Cross Buns Day, and I was going to be like, "Really? There's a day for that?" No, it probably is. My brain, I don't know. something, something stuck in my brain while you were talking. I'm like, he's going to say it, and I know it's not. I, I swore <laughs> we did have a Hot Cross Buns Day. I, I think there is one, but I don't know the day that it is. Um. I will check into that. Um, I don't know if it was... Uh, I don't know why. 
according to this, uh, National Hot Cross Buns Day is September 11, 2020. Oh, it was September 11, 2023, but that is the day dedicated to the tasty treat. Um, so, yes, not the song. Not the song. <laughs> so that's coming up in September. Uh, so we'll remember that then. Um, but uh, going into the first topic of tonight, this was actually quite interesting because both stories here kind of intertwine and they have to do with coaching. And, you know, when you are uh, coached, there is uh, trust that you place in your coach to make sure that they are coaching you to your highest level. But a couple of questionable stories have happened here within the last week or two. The first one locally here um, having to do with uh, Concordia basketball. And this one uh, comes from NBC five Chicago where a suburban college had postponed two men's basketball games after a rigorous workout sent five players to the hospital. Concordia University of Chicago, which is in River Forest, also temporarily removed their coach, Steve Kohler. Uh, the athletic director sent a letter to parents explaining what happened after a late December trip to California where the team played two games. He said that the team was put through, quote, a particularly high-intense collegiate-level circuit training on December 31st. It has been alleged by some that the intensity and difficulty of the practice was a direct consequence of players breaking curfew while in California. And it wasn't immediately clear whether any players were still in the hospital. Uh, email that was seeking comment was sent to the athletic department and not answered. Uh, while they do state that their athletics program has zero tolerance for harassment or retaliatory actions of any kind, and reporting mechanisms are in place for student coaches and related staff. Um, that happened. And then there was a story that came out here recently, within the last day or so, that a football coach had forced his player to do hundreds of push-ups before several were hospitalized. The football coach at Rockwall uh, Heath High School near Dallas was placed on leave. Uh, what happened uh, was that uh, he had ordered his players to perform hundreds of push-ups in a conditioning class before several were hospitalized. WFAA reported that multiple athletes were diagnosed, and I'm going to get this wrong and forgive me, it is leadomiosis after doing about 400 push-ups. That is sometimes a fatal condition stemming from damaged muscle tissue that can cause kidney damage or failure. Uh, one of the mothers of the players said that as a parent, we send our kids to school trusting that they will be cared for at the highest level. That has been the case until this unfortunate accident. Uh, WFAA also shared a letter from the school district telling parents that the head football coach had been placed on administrative leave admit the investigation. Several players required medical attention or hospitalization. Parents were asked to monitor their children for sharp arm pain or dark urine. Uh, a captain of the team said he did not believe that the coach was punishing the players. He said plenty of water was available and players were free to leave the workout. Uh, he went on to say, and quote, the coach would, quote, never make us do a workout thinking that it was going to put any of us at risk. Um, once again, you know, I read some of the comments about these, and you had people, especially on the first one, the Concordia story, saying, well, 
That's what happens when you break curfew. And then other people in this story say, you know, it's a part of sports. It's a part of, you know, training. And, you know, and it's always easy for everybody to be an armchair quarterback when they hadn't been the ones put through this. That's very concerning uh, when you have coaches who kind of overstep the boundaries in terms of either whether it was, uh, you know, penalties for doing certain things or for doing things. And I'm surprised that there's not someone there that will coach, hey, coach, do you think that we should be doing this? You know, like an assistant or somebody that enough's enough. That's pretty scary to think that this is two separate instances pretty much within weeks of each other. And who's to say where other instances have occurred? Your thoughts? Mm-hmm. Um, yes and yes. No, uh, there, there, okay. If there was students that were breaking curfew, they do need to have something in place. What was in place was in, inappropriate. Does that make sense? Like they, they, that should have happened, but it shouldn't have happened the way it happened. Right. For the high school, being that it's in, and I know this is not an excuse, but being that it's in Texas, it's one of those things where football in Texas is like holy water. You know, you you don't f up football in Texas. It's a it's a thing. But you're right. There still should be somebody that should have been going. Hey, um, I think we might be going too far. Um, I don't know, and I wasn't there, so I'm not sure why the student comment was, the coach would never put us in danger. I don't know if that's a high schooler saying, you know, like, hey, he wouldn't put us in danger because, like, he's the coach, right? right. Or if it's really a an athlete that, understands that what happened was inappropriate. You know? Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't know. It, it's, it's frightening. It's scary. I understand some of the, the concerns that came about. I understand that, you know, like they were like, hey, we probably shouldn't be doing this. Um, we send our kids to school so that they can do this. And I don't know. It, it, it's weird. It, it's a weird dichotomy of, I get where some of it was going. There's no right answer is what it comes down to. There's no right answer on this one. Hmm. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's very scary that that could occur. Um, I don't know. All I know is that, well, First of all, I know about the 400 push-ups. That's pretty much it. Here's my thing. If the coach can't do it, what makes you think players half your age and probably a little younger will be able to pull off 400 push-ups? I, I don't know. I don't even know who could pull off 100. I don't even know if the military would make you do 400 push-ups. I don't know. Right. Um, and even then, football players or athletes in general – especially these young men in high school to get up, tell the coach no and walk out because now there goes your spot on the team possibly. 
And retaliation. in Texas, you don't want to lose your spot on the team. Right. Retaliation uh, in that form is going to be that. And, you know, it's almost pretty much these young men didn't have an advocate to stand up for because are you really going to tell your coach no? You know, uh, if you're a pro player, you might, and then you'll be like, the hell with you and walk out and call your agent and then, then they have to figure it out. They don't even make professional players do that stuff. So, you know, it's, I don't know. And I think that it, he's lucky that no one was seriously injured or there was a fatality from this. Um. Mm-hmm. I hope this is a lesson learned to a lot of coaches across the country that by listening to and I know people will be like, oh, it was so much different then. Or, you know, coaches could do all that stuff. And then people will go back and talk about, you know, uh, the story of the Junction Boys and what occurred through there, which was like a training through hell. And, you know, they'd be like, oh, players built differently. Hey, granted, trust me, and some of those young men had an advocate for them too. They probably would have retaliated against the coach and be like, no, we're not doing this. And I hope it's an eye-opener for coaches, uh, as especially for high school, uh, for you know, parents and the things that you put on your kids to do. You know, uh, I don't know. It, it's very disturbing to hear those things uh, i guess we're just thankful that this is not a war story where uh we're talking about a few people dying because a coach wanted to put his players through the ringer you know right so i don't know uh what i do know is that coming up in a few moments we will have the retro moment of the week but i want to do uh really quick tonight uh a retro moment in time, which is what we do from time to time, which is what it's one particular. There was a speech uh, that I saw online, which is actually a pretty great speech. Uh, Dr. Martin Luther King in his lifetime gave a lot of great speeches known for those, mostly known for a few of the major ones. Um, And I do uh, encourage you uh, that if you are unfamiliar with them to go online and to, um, listen to them, uh, or I'm pretty sure this weekend, hopefully there will be a lot of biographies and different things on TV uh, in regards to his life and how he lived it. Uh, But this speech in particular was a compilation where they kind of uh, cut out probably some in-between parts, but when they pieced it together online, and if you find it online, it was a pretty good one. Uh, It's one that doesn't get talked about a lot. Forgive the music in the background because the only way that we found this was with the music that played in the background. But just to say, the speech is just as powerful. Um, I'll play it right now, and then I'll come back, and then we'll go to the retro moment of the week tonight. But this retro moment in time, uh, celebrating the life of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. This is the most important and crucial period of your lives for... What you do now and what you decide now at this age may well determine which way your life shall go. And the question is whether you have a proper, a solid, 
and a sound blueprint. And I want to suggest some of the things that should be in your life's blueprint. Number one in your life's blueprint should be a deep belief in your own dignity, your own worth, and your own somebodyness. Don't allow anybody to make you feel that you are nobody. Always feel that you count. Always feel that you have worth. And always feel that your life has ultimate significance. Secondly, in your life's blueprint, you must have, as a basic principle, the determination to achieve excellence in your various fields of endeavor. You're going to be deciding as the days and the years unfold what you will do in life, what your life's work will be. Once you discover what it will be, set out to do it and to do it well. Be a bush if you can't be a tree. If you can't be a highway, just be a trail. If you can't be the sun, be a star. For it isn't by size that you win or you fail. Be the best of whatever you are. Finally, in your life's blueprint, must be a commitment to the eternal principles of beauty, love, and justice. Well, life for none of us has been a crystal star, but we must keep moving. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl, but by all means, keep moving. Words to remember from Dr. Martin Luther King on this holiday weekend. Hopefully, just hopefully, there will be a time in which we can practice what he preached. That's our Retro Moment in Time. Coming up next, Retro Moment of the Week. And then we will have more of page one here with our Mary on this Friday night here on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks so much for joining us, everybody. We'll be back in a couple minutes. The Jets and Browns. The Chiefs and Colts. The Giants and Bears, the Vikings and Packers, the Rams and Cowboys, NFL, electric, football. You start the action. With two complete teams like the Rams and Cowboys in their own colorful uniforms. NFL electric football by Tudor. Bang, bang, bang. Partner, time for timer. Do you ever get that hungry feeling after school? Boy, I do. I'm so hungry, I could eat a wagon wheel. When I'm slow on the draw and I need something to chaw, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. <laughs> when my ten gallon hats are feeling five gallons flat, I got something planned, which is little cheese sandwiches. Come on! Here's a great little snack to tide you over till dinner. If you want something delicious and nutritious, cheese is a super snack. Look, a wagon wheel. When my get up and go has got up and went, I hanker for a hunk of cheese. When I'm dancing, I hold down and my boots kind of slow down. Or anytime I'm weak in the knees. I hanker for a hunk of, a slab or slice a chunk of, a snacker that is a winner, and yet won't spoil my dinner. I hanker for a hunk of cheese. Yahoo! You're listening to Page One, Page One. with LaVar and Mary. 
your source for all the current topics and news you need to know. Here's LaVar and Mary. And welcome back, page one with LeVar and Mary for this Friday night, uh, January 13th. Um, if you grab some cheese while playing electric football, we totally understand. I forgot how much I love that stinking song. I hate her for a hundred <laughs> That's why it's retro moment of the week. Um <laughs> It's stuff wagon wheel, which all it is is just a uh, Ritz cracker. I think when he didn't want to <laughs> pretty much say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. Now I'm going to ask you a question. If you have cheese crackers, do you just have like one cracker in cheese, or do you put a topping on top of that? It depends on the cheese and the cracker and the the, the mood I'm in. Pepper jack. Okay. Pepper Jack, what kind of cracker? Butter cracker? Uh, I, would I would say regular just, I would, I would honestly, I, I kind of go away from crackers because they end up crumbling and being weird. Like, if it's a good cheese, I'll just have to cheat. If there's some dead meat to go with it, like a salami or a pepperoni, I don't need a cracker. I got meat and cheese, dude. <laughs> uh, we will have our own Friday night uh uh, charcuterie tray full of <laughs> meat right. and cheese. No olives, though. I know a lot of people like olives. I don't like olives. I can't. I like black olives, but I don't like black olives. Do you now? I don't. I, I like black <laughs> olives, but I don't like black olives unless they're on something. <laughs> hey, how you doing? Uh, you do. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I've never been an olive fan, um, either or. I, I can't. I even tried what uh, – the weirdest thing I ever saw someone do with olives, and I don't know if anybody out there uh, has done it, but I know someone that used to put it in their beer, um, really? and they loved it. Yeah, I, that was the weirdest thing I ever saw. So um, some people do it. I, I, to each his own. I don't judge here. This is a judgment-free zone. Um, speaking of judgment, uh, robots <laughs> seem to be taking over the world here. I think we talked about robots on this show uh, just last week or a couple of weeks ago, and then a couple other stories came out. Yeah. This one from ESPN where all AAA, and, and for those of you that don't know, are baseball, and there's Major League Baseball, but then there's the minor league system where it is, oh, God, I'm going to get this so wrong. There's AAA, AA, single A. There is the um, there's other leagues below that, which is pretty much just uh, it's all minor leagues. But there's different levels to this stuff. But the electronic strike zone will be used in all 30 class AAA parks in 2023, according to sources telling ESPN. Uh, pretty much another significant step toward the implementation of technology at the big league level in the near future. The automatic balls and strike system, commonly referred to as ABS, 
will be deployed in two different ways. Half of the AAA games will be played with all of the calls being determined by an electronic strike zone, and the other half will be played with an ABS challenge system similar to that used in professional tennis. So pretty much uh, each team will be allowed three challenges per game, with teams retaining challenges in case uh, when they are proved correct. MLB's intention is to use the uh, data and feedback from both systems over the full slate of games to inform future choices. As of now, MLB has no firm date to implement its automatic balls and strike system in the big leagues, but in recent uh, seasons, the robotic umpire has been used increasingly in the minor leagues. In 2019, the Independent Atlantic League used the electronic strike zone in the All-Star game, and that same year, the Arizona Fall League was played with the ABS. And in 2021, the ABS was deployed in some Class A parks. Now, last season, the full ABS was used for some Class AAA games. Uh, the Class A Southwest League adopted the challenge system in which the plate umpires called balls and strikes, but the batter, pitcher, and catcher each had the power to challenge the decision on a particular pitch. As one official noted, this seemed to foster another layer of in-game strategy with managers and coaching staffs guiding players on the best manner to use the challenges. Um, if MLB were to commit to electronic strike zone calls for all pitches, it would dramatically change the position of catcher, which for generations has been inhabited by players who have mastered defensive nuances and receiving the ball effectively. Um, but I, I'm all, I'm for it in a way in which I think it should be used in for now playoffs not fully automatic but something that is where you have a challenge mm-hmm. only because there have been some games in which um, it has come down to that or a questionable call and you don't want it to be that way and I know a lot of purists because I'm a purist as well when it comes to some sports uh, will say well, the umpire's, you know, call is what it should be because they're there on the field. They should be looking and see it. Yeah, but if it's going to stop people from questioning the integrity of a call and get it right, especially when there's a lot on the line, I'm all for it. What say you? First of all, Skynet, Alexa, Google, whatever, any of those things that are out there. Bixby, what's his name? He he keeps getting left behind. All y'all, thank your guys, Siri, Alexa, Google, and the other one. <laughs> I obviously don't have that one, so I don't remember his name, but... Like, make sure you thank your guys because when it comes down to when Skynet takes over, they're going to remember. They have a memory bank. They're going to remember when you were rude. Um, No, uh, in all seriousness, when it comes to baseball, the first thing I say to anyone, and you know I love the game as much as, like, I'm a fan of the game. I'm a fan of the pure, just what it's about. I'm not, I'm a bigger fan of other sports because I have a weird thought process about it, but like I know how to, like, 
skill that's gone, I know how to score a game. You sat next to me. We score a game mm-hmm. on paper with pencil. Um, that was going, you know, that's a fine art that's going away. When somebody says the umpire's call is the only call because he's down there and he sees it, I want to ask you, have you ever seen a fastball come at you? Yes. Tell me where it is. <laughs> without slow-mo, without sitting at home, without the, the camera zooming in and pausing it so you could see where it's at. Tell me where that was. Tell me where in the strike zone that, that fastball was. A professional fastball. I'm not talking about Little League here, okay? Like, that that game moves fast. And I'm not, I'm, I hate, like, talent to y'all. <laughs> if we can leverage... If we can leverage technology to aid in the process, I'm not against it. I don't think it should take over the process because technology doesn't have – it's not warm and fuzzy like a human being. And it's it's so black and white and it's so rigid that that call might not be right. It might be technically right, but it's not right. Does that make sense? So there should be, right. I'm, I'm kind of with you. There should be the human element and the human factor there. But have something to help them out. I mean, football has to have replays to help them out. Yeah, but a lot of people kind of also stuff. tell you that they don't use computers, though, to really look at if where a ball should be spotted, especially on first down. Uh, that's pretty much at the referee's discretion. Uh, they'll look back to see where right. it should be. However, but a tennis lot of... does. Yeah, tennis does. Tennis does, and it's working. I, I'm I'm not saying that it should take over. It shouldn't take over, but it should help. Right. If it's there and you can do something about it, I think having that aid cleans up some of it a little bit. Not saying yeah. take away. But it's an addition. It's like, you know, it's like frosting. It's like wearing a pair of earrings. Okay, yeah, it doesn't, earrings don't make me a human being or make my ears any prettier or whatever, but it does help a little bit. You know, it's like, it doesn't take over making me pretty, but it does help a little bit. Bad example, I understand that, but I'm doing it as a girl. So uh, it's, it's just an aid. It's, a, it's that, that extra layer of protection. And, in football, their replays do help because there have been calls that have been that have been verified and calls that have been overturned that resulted in a score or resulted in not uh, taking a score away. So if it helps in football, if it helps in tennis, why not try it in bas- and baseball? I mean, the only difference between that and doing it in basketball is looking at the feet, I guess, seeing if they're out of bounds, because you got to go through the net. Like, that's that's a pretty, like, ball net has to happen. <laughs> like, there's, there's, not, there's not much difference there. But, yeah, why not help? Now, the only time that I would be for a fool is if Angel Hernandez or C.B. Buckner was probably umpiring. And as baseball fans, you all know who they are. They are brutal. <laughs> but, <laughs> I digress. awful nice with that wording. Yes, I, I'm trying to be. I, like I said, I'm trying to be good in the new year. Um, where 
robots also come into play. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm losing my voice here tonight. But where robots also come into play is I think Alexa uh, today. <laughs> yeah. Is possibly in the courts. A robot lawyer powered by artificial intelligence will be the first of its kind to help a defendant fight a traffic ticket in court next month. Uh, Joshua Browder, the CEO of Do Not Pay, said the company's AI creation uh, runs on a smartphone, listens to court arguments, and formulates responses for the defendant. The lawyer tells the defendant what to say in real time through headphones. The artificial intelligence firm has already used AI-generated form letters and chatbots to help people secure refunds for in-flight Wi-Fi that didn't work, as well as to lower bills and dispute parking tickets, among other issues, according to Browder. All told, the company has relied on these AI templates to win more than 2 million customer service disputes in court cases on behalf of individuals against institutions and organizations. Uh, it has raised $27.7 million from tech-focused venture capital firms, including Anderson Horowitz and Crew Capital. Uh, in the past year, AI tech has really developed and allowed us to go back and forth in real time with corporations and governments, he told CBS Money Watch. Uh, they said that they spoke live with companies and customer service reps to lower bills for companies, and what we're doing next month is try to use the tech in a courtroom for the first time. If the robot lawyer loses the case, do not pay will cover any fines. Uh, he declined to disclose the name of the client in the court. Uh, some courts allow defendants to wear hearing aids, some versions of which are Bluetooth-enabled. That's how Browder determined that Do Not Pay's technology can legally be used in this case. However, the tech isn't legal in most courtrooms, and some states require that all parties consent to be recorded, which rules out the possibility of a robot lawyer entering many courtrooms. Of the 300 cases Do Not Pay considered for a trial of its robot lawyer, only two were feasible. It's within the letter of the law, but he said he didn't think that anyone could ever imagine that it would happen. It's not in the spirit of the law, but they're trying to push things forward, and a lot of people can't afford legal help. And if those cases are successful, they say that it would encourage more courts to change their rule. Uh, the ultimate goal, according to Browder, is to uh, <laughs> have legal representation by making it free for those who can't afford it, in some cases eliminating the need for pricey attorneys. But given that the technology is illegal in many courtrooms, he doesn't expect to be... <laughs> expect to commercialize the product anytime soon. Uh, he said the courtroom stuff is more advocacy. It's more to encourage the system to change. He's well aware of the challenge and hud- hurdles on the horizon. Uh, when he tweeted about <laughs> uh, using that lawyer in court, lawyers threatened him and told him that he'd be sent to jail. Um, this is very interesting. I like it. I know attorneys probably won't like it. <laughs> For a lot of those who can't afford this, this is a, but see, this to me is a sign that I know as an attorney you have to charge, that you have to make a living, but it also kind of brings us to this thing of how some things have gotten so high in cost that unless you are well to do, is the only time that you could probably get off of a charge if it's not serious because you have money. You know, the haves and have-nots in this country, you know, can either make a court case go for a long period of time or pretty much pay and get it as to where the most serious of charges are then a slap on the wrist 
and you're not really doing any time. Meanwhile, a person who probably did the same thing, if not less, because they can't really afford a good attorney, are pretty much based with the huge burden of, you know, uh, of punishment because they couldn't afford an attorney. And so here we are. Who would have known that now we're on the cusp of probably having robot attorneys help you with your case? What say you? <laughs> okay, so I'm kind of... Uh... <laughs> I'm telling you tonight I'm I'm like get off my lawn lady tonight. I'm so 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 bad. There's trouble with the can't afford the case. I know. <laughs> I, yeah. If you can't live with the punishment, don't do the crime. Um no. Uh <laughs> I agree that some someone that can't afford an attorney, like the haves and the have nots. I a hundred percent agree with you. It is kind of in that realm of if you have the money, you could probably hire the lawyer and you can probably get most of your punishments, for lack of a term, reduced and or just gone, right? Nothing or to nothing, and then it ends up being just a fine or what have you. And there are people out there like that, absolutely. I think it's funny that the lawyers are like, you're doing something bad. Don't take away my job. But I don't care if a Walmart greeter gets their job taken away because, you know, it has nothing to do with me. Um, I'm too good for Walmart. (laughs) I think that's funny. And I, I understand where they're trying to go for it. I applaud his thought process that he's going to offer this for free. I applaud that. How? There's cost involved in all of it, so I don't see it being for free for very long. And because it's a technical thing, it's technology, the cost on it might go higher than hiring a human attorney. I see this happening. Um, it'd have to almost be like a subscription service, you know, or they split the bill with the city or county or state that you're getting prosecuted in, the courtroom? Are they going to sell ad space like Pandora or Spotify? Like, you can use this lawyer for free, but you have to listen to these four ads first. Sorry, excuse me, Judge. Can we hold on for one second? I'm on an ad break. You know, I'm just... optimistic one. What is going on tonight? Um, I don't know. It's Friday the 13th, so I'm guessing that might have something to do with it. <laughs> I think it's, but we're, look, you're normally the one that's going, okay, like, yeah, okay, that's great, but <laughs> I'm normally like, yeah, let's do it. What the heck? Um, but no, I, I applaud, I applaud the idea. Um, I understand the idea. And really, honestly, if you think about it, people are Googling law. They're looking at code. They're looking at municipal um, charters and codes and and what exactly that like what exactly their charge is made up of and you can Google those things. It's public information, 
So there's so much information out there that people are actually looking at that on their own. So this being in the courtroom would probably be along those lines and be helpful to people who can't afford the guy in the fancy suit. Um, I just don't see the longevity of that being free for very long. Once it starts to take off, I see it becoming a Netflix. Netflix was $5. You got your, your CD and the you know, DVD in the mail. Now it's like $35 and you got streaming services and like Netflix exclusives and, and everything else. It started with a great idea. And I see this being a great idea and I hope it lasts longer than me and my pessimistic ways tonight. But I, 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 I hope that it does go that far. I don't think we're all naive. I think we know eventually something like that is going to cost us something. And I think that people are hoping that it's just something that hopefully will cost not an arm and a leg because then at that point, you know, lawyers probably charge. Higher the two. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if lawyers, I'm just throwing it out there. If they charge like 75, 80 an hour and this thing will cost you, you know, um, 300 per court session. I think they'd still take that over potential attorney's fees and 33 or 40% of them taking whatever. So, you know, I don't think they're too naive, but yeah, you're right. It, it will have anything that's good will eventually start to cost you a lot of money. Using the Netflix argument, when Netflix first started out, how much was it? Like what? 9.99 a month? Probably a little bit less than that. It was five. Yeah. You could get it so as low as $5. So as soon as everything and everybody and you know started on the Netflix train, now Netflix in some aspects cost you like what about twenty twenty three dollars a month? Mm-hmm. So, Depending on what's going on, yeah. <laughs> I think I think their lowest package is fifteen dollars. Yeah, think. About that. and that's their lowest package. That's one mm-hmm. sign on, one device. None of the Netflix exclusives. <laughs> like, you get old ass movies. Not even all of them. Just old ones. It's like having your own blockbuster. <laughs> I miss blockbuster. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but no, it's, that's the coming of the robots for you here. Um, those two stories. Taking Thank a look you, at what. Yeah, taking a look at what's trending, speaking of uh, streaming services, Mindy Kaling was tre- trending earlier because of her new series, animated series, uh, of Velma. And, man, oh, man, um, there's a lot of people not happy with this show. <laughs> um, if you are online tonight, you can type in it or either Mindy Kaling or Velma. Uh, yeah, you'll see for yourself. But it's a totally different take on the character from Scooby-Doo. Um, more of an adult swing to it. it. It looks like something that would be on Adult Swim, but I think it's on HBO Max. And, uh, yeah, it, it was not good. Uh, also still trending, of course, is about the passing of Lisa Marie Presley. That's just sad. Um, mm-hmm. Only 54 um, passed away uh, yesterday. And um, word is is that she will be buried at Graceland. Um, 
with her son, uh, with her father uh, and grandparents. Um, and then also today, 2023, man, starting off, uh, came word that Robbie Knievel passed away. Uh, only 60. Yeah. Uh, I think he was battling cancer. So Robbie Knievel uh, passed away today. So um, 2023 is picking up where 2022 left off. Uh, also trending tonight, uh, AEW Rampage, SmackDown, Love After Lockup, uh, Drag Race, uh, OP Live, all those things trending. Spurs is trending because the San Antonio Spurs are hosting the largest crowd ever for an NBA regular season game as they drew more than 65,000 in their return to the Alamo Dome against the Golden State Warriors while celebrating their 50th anniversary season. Um, and so uh, that's going on or went on. Friday the 13th is trending. Um, also uh, trending tonight, um, among other things, I don't even want to think I want to know why uh, <laughs> Coach Tom Izzo is trending. Um, but uh, it's always funny watching him on the sidelines. Um, and more than likely, it's probably of him going off or being bad about something tonight. Um, and then also uh, trending as well tonight, Dave Grohl, because he turns 54 today. Um, and then uh, Iggy Azalea is trending. Uh, I love Iggy. Uh, here's the thing. She did what she did. She has a lot of she has fans, but she also has a lot of detractors. A lot of detractors who don't think that she can rap and or sing. Here's my thing. If you did what you had to do to become famous and you became famous and people still put their name in your mouth, you do you. I, I think it's awesome. I love Iggy for that. And she she knows that she has a lot of detractors and pretty much is still gonna go and do her. But the reason for her trending is that Iggy has joined the world of OnlyFans. Uh, She started an OnlyFans account. So there is no word yet as to what you will find on that OnlyFans. Um, So we shall see. (laughs) And uh, Oh, my. Yes. I think I also saw today that Coco Austin, uh, Ice-T's wife, uh, is starting an OnlyFans as well. So I don't know what you'll see on that uh, site. I still love Coco, so I'm not, I know I, you're not going to hear me talk I about I like Coco, though. Coco's hilarious. Yes. Like, regardless of whether or not you like her, like, aesthetic or you think she's cute or you think whatever, she's funny. I love the aesthetic. Like, I would be else. friends with her. Yes, I've, I've, loved me, I've loved me some Coco for the last 20 years, so I'm, I'm not even going <laughs> to. Ice-T is a very, She's very hilarious. lucky man. Yes, yes I, lo- I love her. So, uh, but no, those are some of the things that are trending tonight. Um, of course, there's everything else, and hopefully this will not be like the last few Friday nights where <laughs> we had a lot of other things trending before this show ended. Um <laughs> Good Lord. Uh, But yes, that's going on there. So uh, there's a couple other things here that I had on the list. 
I already see we're pretty much an hour and <laughs> some odd minutes in. I want to make sure before uh, this show even goes off the air tonight to kind of mention um, a story here that I saw that I know that we all kind of look forward to each and every year. And that is because it Girl Scout cookie season. And there is a new flavor to try. Yes, there's a new flavor to try this year. Raspberry Rally will be sold exclusively online, according to the Girl Scouts. It's a thin, crispy cookie infused with raspberry flavor and dipped in chocolate coating that looks like the Thin Mint, but has its own flavor. Uh, Cookie availability depends largely on where you live, uh, but this year's full list of cookie flavors includes Raspberry Rally, Adventurefuls, Caramel Chocolate Chip, the Caramel Delights or Samoas, the Dosey Dose or Peanut Butter Sandwich, the Girl Scout S'mores, the Lemonades, Butter Patties or Tagalogs, Thin Mints, the Toast Yay, Toffee Tastic or Truffles. Do you know <laughs> um, the most searched Girl Scout cookies in the past week was the Raspberry Rally, in order, Raspberry Rally, the Adventurefuls, the Thin Mints, the Truffles, and the Samoa. Care to take a guess in Nevada what the, well, actually, uh, what the most searched for cookie was? I know you were probably responsible for the Thin Mint. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thin Mint, probably my fault. <laughs> yeah, probably your fault, but it wasn't. That wasn't the top search cookie in Nevada. The top search cookie in Nevada was the Raspberry Rally, which is brand new. Um, pretty much across the country, that ruled. Um, thin Mints really didn't pop up a lot. Here in Illinois, it was the Adventurefuls. Um, but yeah, it was either Adventurefuls, Raspberry Rally, Samoa was only in Idaho, which I don't know why. Um, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Truffles were in Wyoming. So really, <laughs> yeah. According to a Girl Scouts of uh, United States of America spokesperson, each of the 111 Girl Scout councils set their own price based on the local market prices. For the cookies were ranged between four to seven dollars per box. Some specialty products, such as gluten-free cookies, may be higher because of the manufacturing costs. Cookie season is recognized between January and April. However, each of the Girl Scout Council sets cookie season timing for their own market, and it normally lasts for a six to eight week period. There is a way. So before February 27th, you can reach out to a Girl Scout you know to buy cookies in person from uh, them in your area typically at grocery stores or at booth areas. Starting on the 27th of February, customers can get cookies shipped directly to their homes. There's also a link where you can find them locally, buy them online, or donate cookies to local community efforts. So, coming up soon. Um, I'm, I'm already ordered, and actually somebody at our work is gifting boxes of, uh, they're doing a charity like a, that's their charity, so they buy a bunch of boxes from their local and give them away. So I've already got some boxes pushed aside, and I'm bringing some to England the next time I go to the UK so that we could do a taste test. 
<laughs> there you go. Uh, gay or daytime? And this is one where I'm going to have to do this in real time because I'm going to have to send the picture to my friend Mary here. Uh, so I'm sending her something okay. by phone so that she could take a look at it. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure how long it will take for her to do it, but first I will tell you sad news in the food world. God, no. Uh, <laughs> I haven't even gotten to it yet. I'll get to it momentarily because that won't be the first story. Sorry, 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 uh, sorry, 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 sorry. No. Man. Man. Um, <laughs> Just think if we were on Twitch, you'd get to see my face. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so the sad story here is that uh, the five folks uh, at uh, PepsiCo, are getting rid of the Sierra Mist. After 24 years, just about, uh, they announced the launch of Starry, a new lemon-lime soda that will replace the company's entry into clear and citrusy carbonated space. Uh, the new astrally named soda aims to better compete with direct competitor Sprite, which is owned by Coca-Cola, and 7-Up, which is owned by Keurig, Dr. Pepper. Now, although Sierra Mist was one of the most popular sodas in the U.S., boasting a billion dollars in sales, in 2021, Sprite's popularity severely outplaced the soda. With $6 billion in sales and a market share of 8.3%, Sprite remains the most popular lemon lime soda on the market. Uh, yay or nay to the end of Sierra Mist? I'm okay with it. I mean, eh. It was my least popular of the three, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, that's that. She's not a really a big soda drinker, folks. So I, I know at this point. Actually, also, uh, the end of 2022 also marked the end of East Bay. So for those of us that used to order stuff off of East Bay, it is no more. Um, oh, no. I miss them. They, I always used to get a bunch of stuff from them. I know. Any, any, oh. I ordered jerseys. They off had East my, Bay. they had my spikes. Yeah, and, and that's the end of East Bay, which I was kind of quite sad to hear about. Um, but uh, my second story, uh, which I had to send to her because it's much better to explain it in the picture than it would be anything else. But a lot of places are known for their fried chicken, but Bird Box in San Francisco is taking their fried chicken sandwich to the next level. In fact, it's so popular they had to name it. Claude the Claw. It's famous for not only being delicious, but for having a unique feature. It's a big sandwich with the leg and the thigh, and they said it just kind of came to him. Let's make a sandwich with the foot hanging out, according to Chris Bleardorn, the co-owner of Bird Box. The foot is the star of the sandwich and has become a viral sensation. Bird Box sources their chickens whole with heads and feet intact, which allows them to ensure the quality of the meat. Use the tastiest aspects of each part of the bird and develop a more sustainable menu because they're excited about serving. He added that we buy the nicest possible get whole and did do the butchering ourselves. We created the menu off of the whole chicken. You can also find delicious half and quarter fried chicken meals, salad, and cornbread. Um, they said it's been a fun experience for them. Uh, and there are some people who come a couple of times a week and they become friendly with them. And <laughs> it, it, it literally is a chicken. Imagine, if you will, fried with the claw sticking out. <laughs> like, heck, 
to the no. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, heck no. It's definitely something that you're not going to get out of your head once you see the picture. <laughs> it's so wrong. It's uh, so wrong. Well, we all know what's going to happen on this show next if you've listened to us for a while. Might as well say it. It's definitely enough for me, dog. There we go. <laughs> Man, I, you know, I love chicken as much as the next guy. That's taking a little too far. I don't mm-hmm. want to see anything with the head or its feet Mm-mm. or anything else Mm-mm. that I have Mm-mm. to take a look at. <laughs> I'm telling you, to me, all right, now, no, not, everybody doesn't get to see what I get to see, but the thing that, this is what, when I saw it, it looked like, do you know those ducks that you squeeze and go, ah! Well, think of a Christmas story with a duck, where you served a duck with the head on it. <laughs> no, that's smiling at me. No, I'm talking yeah, about my... that weird toy that's like rubber and you squeeze it and it makes that weird noise, right? <laughs> right. That's what I thought. Like, I thought somebody deep fried a rubber chicken toy and stuck it between two buns. Like, it's not like... I was going to say, not, not the Willem screen, but it, it, it's something different. <laughs> Uh, it's just not right. <laughs> and now that's all you're going to be thinking about when you see chicken. <laughs> oh, God. And I have to like, I got, I went to the store today and bought more chicken. No. Oh, and I'm going to look know, at I was, it. <laughs> I was so working at Walmart. They had a whole, like, uh, one of my local stores. I think it was either Walmart or it was a local store here. And they had a case full of chicken feet. I think it was Walmart. And I was like, uh, no. I know it's a delicacy. I know people love it. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, I'm going to, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to leave the last yay or nay story because I want to get ahead here because I know we're running out of time. So um, I did promise you the baddish word list of, um, 2023, of course, left us with a lot of different things that were going on. This from uh, Lake Superior State University. Uh, as they asked people to stop resorting to imp- <laughs> imprecise, trite, and meaningless words in terms of seeming convenience. It says you're taking the lazy way out, only confusing matters by over-relying on inexact, stale, and inane communication. So there was over 1,500 nominations of words and terms for banishment, for misuse, overuse, and uselessness for 2023. Ranked as number one as the best to the worst. You know the word that was uh, given. And it's not, I'll give you a quick clue. It's not the word that you hate. <laughs> Uh, you mean irregardless? Um, I, I I really don't know. There's a lot of words that need to not. So <laughs> I'll tell you. Uh, and by the way, they, take that L- one out. SS, 
Yeah, LSSU has compiled an annual Baddish Words list since 1976. <laughs> this year, the word is GOAT, uh, greatest of all time. They mm-hmm. say it's been overused. Uh, That's because everybody's a GOAT now. Right. Uh, also, at number two, inflection point. Uh, number three, it was quiet quitting. They don't like that word. Uh, I said it earlier. Forgive me. Uh-huh. Uh, number four, gaslighting. Number five. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't laugh number, about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> number five, moving forward. Uh, number six, amazing. Number seven. Amazing is bad? Yeah, amazing. They They think that. A lot of people use it too much. <laughs> uh, number seven, does that make sense? <laughs> oh, I say oh, that all the way, time. You're going to love them. Number eight was irregardless. <laughs> Yay! Get rid of that. Number nine. Number nine was, yeah. Number nine was absolutely. And number ten is it is what it is. Oh, I say those last two a lot. <laughs> yes. I need uh, to update my vocab. By the way, uh, speaking of words that was uh, added, the Oxford English Dictionary and Merriam-Webster add new words every year. Uh, this year, the Oxford English Dictionary added influencer, side hustle, Merriam-Webster, also added the words subvariant, Galentine's Day and yeet to the English language. <laughs> um, so those words are now in. And, um, it was a few other words. We could talk about that for another week, but yes, for those of you who are not entirely cool, yeet is an interjection or slang used to express surprise, approval, or excited enthusiasm. The verb, to throw especially with force and without regard for the thing being thrown. That is yeet. Correct. Yes, dumb phone. Dumb phone was also added. It is a noun. It is a cell phone that does not include advanced software features such as email or an internet browser. Typically found on smartphones. <laughs> yes. So and I know. Cal- yes. And flip phones. They had that too. Uh, Galentine's Day, a holiday observed on February 13th, is a time to celebrate friendships, especially among women, was added, as I said. So those are a few of the words that were added. So, yes. But. With that all being said, and because my voice is cutting short as this show goes along, I'm going to get to, because I promised you tonight, a couple of things from the Smoking Gun Files, which I know that Mary loves. <laughs> I love that, yes. So two stories tonight for the Smoking Gun Files. The third one really wasn't, uh, yeah. uh, we try not to do stories of any type of abuse whatsoever. That was the third story, but the two stories from here. Uh, one was from a 19-year-old motorist who admitted <laughs> driving his Honda 120 miles per hour on an Iowa interstate 
And he told cops that he floored the vehicle, quote, because a good song came on his stereo. After a witness called 911 <laughs> to report a reckless driver was speeding and swerving all over the road, the sheriff's deputy spotted the suspect vehicle as it flew past him at 100 miles an hour. When the car was subsequently pulled over more than two miles up Interstate 380, the driver, Nicholas Bernard, reportedly, quote, admitted to going 120 miles an hour at one point. Uh, he explained that he reached the top speed, quote, <laughs> because a good song came on. Uh, he was driving, by the way, his 2006 Honda Accord EX. He was, <laughs> at that time, he was only facing a speeding citation when he opened the glove box to retrieve registration insurance records. But the deputy spotted a large amount of marijuana in plain view in the compartment. The subsequent search turned up a smoking pipe and other drug paraphernalia. Uh, he was charged with a pair of misdemeanor drug counts and booked him to the Johnson County Jail, which he was released. <laughs> they didn't even say what the song was. I'm a little disappointed. Actually, I know people like that who start driving and get lost in the music. I've I've heard of that happening. I've done it. No, I I'm laughing because I've done it. I'm not going to even lie. I've done it. It's happened to me. I've been sitting in a car and you know just having a great time and totally not paying attention. Hundred percent lost all train of thought. But not 120 then, miles an hour, but that's still even a little fast for me. Yep. And then how not to bring in the new year? Well, minutes after ringing in 2023, an Ohio woman who was vacationing in Florida was arrested for striking a uniform <laughs> cop squarely in the face with a plastic New Year's Eve top hat. Police were at a St. Petersburg restaurant investigating a reported battery when uh, Christine Etheridge allegedly committed a felony attack on a law enforcement officer. Cops said that they were dispatched to the eatery, which was hosting a New Year's Eve, to investigate a battery allegedly committed by her husband. As police questioned her husband, she continuously interjected herself into the conversation, prompting the officer to advise her to, quote, stop talking. Etheridge cops charge became, quote, very upset and yelled, are you effing kidding me? She did threw a plastic New Year's Eve top hat directly at the officer, striking him squarely in the face just above the eyes. The 12.13 a.m. <gasps> resulted in her bust on a felony battery rap. She was also hit with a misdemeanor charge for allegedly resisting police attempts to handcuff her. Her husband was arrested after he tried to intervene as his wife was being taken into custody. Arrest affidavits indicate that both defendants showed she was released from the county jail after posting the $2,650 bond. Her spouse, who was charged with battery and resisting arrest, was freed on $650. <laughs> Not a good way to start the new year. No. No, it's not. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. What a why Why would you not, <laughs> if a police officer says, please be quiet, or shut up, or you know what, 
if you don't shut up, I'm going to put you in the back of the car because I need to deal with this. Like, shut up. Just, just shut up. Well, that not shutting up and flinging that plastic cheap New Year's hat cost you about 2600 bucks. <laughs> well, they can always hire that lawyer that's. Yeah, they can hire yeah, a robotic um, lawyer. Robot lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> they can hire a robot lawyer. See, it all comes see. back around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, all this stuff connects tonight, and I, I, I do it because it all means something. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord, man. That is how our way of the world uh, <laughs> goes tonight. But uh, also, by the way, tomorrow, um, January 14th, I was thinking about it, uh, date television history, uh, January 14th, 1952, uh, was the first Today Show with uh, Dave Garraway. First Today Show. So it's 71 years ago tomorrow. That's insane. Um, wow. Today has been off for that long. Um, but uh, no, um, it will... Continue to probably keep going as it's still one of the most uh, highly rated uh, shows in the morning. Uh, but uh, today turned 71. Uh, Dave Garraway, who was highly underrated, I think he will go probably, uh, you know, in television history. A lot of people, I think he gets lost to time um, only because he did a lot in which a lot of people he, – he set. If people say that Carson set the template for the Tonight Show, Dave Garraway kind of set it for, I think, morning shows in a way. Uh, if you have not watched Kinescope or uh, him on camera uh, this weekend while you're on YouTube, I do know that there is still uh, footage of the first Today Show. And you can watch those first five, ten minutes and see exactly what he did. Of course, he was a longtime communicator on uh, NBC's monitor program on the radio, but uh, watch that too, if you will. But with that, my friend, Clock on the Wall is telling us we're just about out of time. <laughs> Any shout-outs for tonight? Uh, not for tonight, no. Uh, like, I hope everyone is doing well, all the good things, lots of positive feedback, blah, blah, blah. But no, I don't have anybody that specifically I'm shouting out today. No. No, oh. no, no. You would think I would, right? I, I would have thought so, but uh, no. Uh, but yeah, yeah, like this is not just a this is not just a weekend off. So, like, you don't just get a holiday. Actually, you learn stuff. <laughs> hopefully, you will, and hopefully, everyone will. They can all use it for the year going forward. So. Uh, with that, and I guess that will close the books on this show tonight. As always, we uh, thank you for listening to the show. You can catch us here every just about Friday night, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central. And in the meantime, if we, even if we're not, catch all of our shows here on Blog Talk Radio as well as Spotify and on the Blog Talk Radio site and everywhere else where you can find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, we're there. So you have no excuse to miss the show. <laughs> we thank you for listening. And until next we meet for Mary, I'm LeVar. Good night. Thanks for listening. 
and peace. Bye. Well, I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thanks for listening to Page One. Don't forget to get the latest show info on Twitter at News Comment BTR and add us as a podcast on Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and other platforms where we can be found. 